this time for sure. <laughs> Hi, yeah. this is Steve Wenzel. This is Karen Wenzel. From Blazing Star Nursery. You're listening to Smart Talk Radio. The Mike Novak Show starts in 3, three 2, two one. 1. Whenever I do get a steak, I always get a salad thinking that'll balance it out. You know, oh, 20 pounds of meat, two leaves of lettuce. <laughs> Cover it. I do love salads. Well, I should say I love salad dressing with just a touch of lettuce. Otherwise, you feel like you're eating a bag of yard work. It is amazing how much cheese you have to put on the salad to make it appealing. Yeah, got some more cheese. Can you throw in a Snickers bar? Instead of the lettuce, can I get French fries? When you go out to dinner, they always try and improve the salad. They're like, would you like some fresh pepper on your salad? Can anyone tell the difference between fresh and stale pepper? <laughs> hey, wait a minute! This isn't fresh pepper. I grew up on a pepper farm. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Green, gardening, and environment radio. Flavored with a dash of humor. Welcome to intelligent, irreverent talk about plants and the planet they grow on. Your questions, comments, and participation are always welcome at 877-711-5611. Good planets are hard to find. Temperate zones and tropic climes. And true currents and thriving seas. Wind blowing through breathing trees. Strong ozone and safe sunshine. Well, good planets are hard to Good planets are in the main. This hour is brought to you by Bartlett Tree Experts. Every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. Jet streams, perfect air. And here they are, Peggy Malecki and Mike Nova. Good planets are in the main. Right. Shut up, Wesley. All right. I got it. I'm Ooh. It's like with, with at least uh, three or four seconds. <laughs> you to, just came skidding right into this broadcast. Yeah. Yeah. And and I have something here that I didn't have last week. Albatross! All right. So I just <laughs> went home and made sure <laughs> that I had that available. So if Albatross! I, if I want, no, you don't need to get to say it. <laughs> Uh, John Cleese does, uh, and uh, we'll throw that in. When... <laughs> See, you had to be listening. I know. we ha- Our guest is in the studio saying, what the heck? <laughs> and can I leave before this starts? Uh, no, I'm loving it. I'm thoroughly cracked uh, up at this point. And, 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 and what she's thinking is. What a jerk. Okay. No, no. Uh, so we got this all in working order. This is good. And that uh, guest in our studio is. <laughs> <laughs> See, we're off to a good start here, aren't we, G? We have her in, in a giggling puddle already. Yeah. Uh, that's Jeannie uh, or Jean or... You, 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 if I remember correctly from the last time you were on my show, and that was like 2013, okay. w- when your book came out. Right, right. Um, you, 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 I think you said, oh, whatever, whatever people call... Whatever, Jean, yeah, Jeannie. Jean, Jeannie. What do you prefer? Uh, I'll be Jeannie today. Jean- <laughs> <laughs> da da Dun, dun, dun. Oh, I think I've got that music here someplace. 
I'm going to have to find right. it. Andrew's looking for it right now. Yeah. Uh, and Jeannie Nolan is in our studio. We're talking microgreens. We're also talking some other indoor gardening and probably gardening in general uh, because uh, she is the organic gardener. <laughs> and, and you get the bearding on that. Uh, uh, she's uh, throughout the Midwest, uh, but mostly uh, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, Wisconsin. Uh, I suppose if you're listening in Missouri and you give her a call, she might you might come down there, right? Absolutely. Because we got people listening in Missouri. I'm not <laughs> I'm not sure about South Dakota, but maybe <laughs> you never know. She might come out there, uh, and we're going to talk she about might go to Vegas, growing microgreens indoors, and you know, we're the part of the garden season is done, but a different part of the gardening season is beginning. And if you've ever thought about growing stuff indoors, you should listen to today's show. Give us a call too, 877-711-5611 or write to us on Facebook and Twitter, blah, 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 all that stuff. The Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We'll be right back. That's not just a tree in your yard. It's an investment. It's a windbreak. It's a natural work of art. It's part of the family, which is why you want Bartlett tree experts to care for your trees. Now is a great time to go to Bartlett.com and see what they can do for you. Did you know that winter's a prime time to have your trees pruned? One of the reasons is that without leaves, the structure of the tree is easier to evaluate. Also, it's a great time to inspect your trees for any visibly hazardous conditions or structural issues. It's also easier now to work around a garden when the ground is frozen. Even during the growing season, Bartlett utilizes the most effective and environmentally sensitive methods to control tree pests, such as beneficial insects to manage the bad insects. And did we mention that Bartlett is the industry leader in safety? Whether it's a small residential project or a major commercial renovation, contact an arborist representative at Bartlett and get a free estimate because every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. 2019 marked 20 years of faith in place, empowering people of all faiths to be leaders in caring for the earth. Not only that, right now is the 10th annual season of the Indoor Winter Farmers Market Program. Enjoy fresh local food from November through April at Indoor Farmers Markets, hosted by 16 Chicagoland Houses of Worship on select Saturdays and Sundays. Faith in Place accepts Illinois Link Card SNAP benefits. For a market schedule and more info, go to faithinplace.org. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki and uh, Jeannie Can't Believe. Who's that dancing through the studio? She can't believe that I have this in my repertoire. I can just call this stuff up. Do you think Mark Zuckerberg is going to zap us for playing this music? Do you think? Do you think YouTube's going to come after us and go, "Oh, oh, there's there's licenses involved with it. Oh, please don't play that music. Oh, oh, oh dear. We've got to protect the uh, studio uh, musicians who came in to do this uh, this bit, this this theme that was written in about ten minutes just before they got there. Okay. Sorry, that was really, really cynical. And uh, yes, but you played it over the music, so we couldn't quite so, hear the music uh, in the algorithm. And, uh, and, <laughs> and uh, all I got to say about that is Albatross. All right, welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. I think I said that already too. So we're in the Department of Redundancy Department, well, and we have 
Jeannie Nolan in the studio, sometimes known as Jean, sometimes known as Jean. Hey! Jean Jeannie? <laughs> yeah. Hey, get that uh, shovel, huh? Exactly. Uh, because she, uh, as I said, in 2013, uh, went back when I was at uh, another radio station, uh, and she came on the show to talk about her book, and you wrote a book called From the Ground Up, and there's a subtitle. What's the subtitle? A Food Grower's Education in Life, Love, and the Movement That's Changing the Nation. There you go. And there you go. Uh, Forward it... by Alice Waters. <laughs> uh, I'd forgotten that. Yeah. Oh, my she goodness. She encouraged me to write the book. She told me I had to. You, you do what Alice Waters says. You yes. do. You absolutely <laughs> do. You, you do not say no. Uh, and uh, it is it was about her journey, Jean's, Jeannie's journey. Jeannie's journey. Now, there we go. There you go. It's your, your memoir. There you go. Some alliteration. <laughs> uh, you may have that for free. You don't, Thank you. you don't, Thank I don't you, need Mike. any royalties on that. <laughs> That's okay. I don't get any royalties on anything right, right now. I understand. <laughs> I don't either. Um, but you, uh, wow, your your road to being an organic gardener is not the usual one. That's correct. It, is, it was a nonlinear path, yeah. shall we say. For all of those in the room, raise your hands if you've had a nonlinear right. path. Right. Where, you know, where on the spectrum of conformity do each of us sit between conformist and nonconformist? Yeah, right? and, and, and if you want to know what that, that, that journey was, because we're not going into that no. today. No. But it's in the book. So you, the book is still available, and you can go to the organicgardener.net, right? Uh, yes, I correct. It's good dot, memory. How about that, huh? You're well, good. I, I recognize that because my own site is .net. Right, I could, I yes. Could, I couldn't even get my own name when I was doing my website. Right, it's not easy out there. Yeah. Dot net. Although, I think somebody sell, would sell it to me for $1,000 or something. Same. We had a thing like that, too. I if we wanted no. .com, yeah. we had to pay up. No. <laughs> I, want, I want a dot. Green or a dot. Yeah. I think you could probably do that. Now. I like that idea. Well, we were talking with, with Lisa Albright last. Lisa Albrecht mm-hmm. from Albright Solar, and she's dot solar. She's cool. dot solar. So I'm betting there are. It's a new there. world. We could probably buy that. Uh, anyway, so you you ha- had this circuitous route, but ended up starting this company called the Organic Gardener in the Chicago area. And one of the very first things you did was create an iconic garden, vegetable garden in the city with the Green City Market. That's right, in Lincoln Park Zoo and the farm in the zoo. Yeah. We just wrapped up our 15th season in that garden. Wow. It's so hard to believe. All right. So well, much fun. More dinks. Uh, tell us about that garden and why it's so special. Sure. So uh, that garden was started to engage children initially, but now all people of all ages in hands-on learning about how to grow food. Mm-hmm. So uh, we are right in the farm in the zoo. It's a free garden. We grow any crop we can, a lot of heirloom and unique vegetables. Uh, and about 5,000 kids take a free field trip there every year with mm-hmm. their school, get their hands dirty, uh, and college classes, all kinds of people. Uh, so it's also to demonstrate best practices for home growers. Okay, hold on a second. We're, we're getting photos uh, here. Ellie came in. I want to hold that. Let's, let's, okay. Because I saw one the other Absolutely. Day. Look at the. In fact, let's let's pose for the camera sure, here. Sure. Here, let's put our little label in. Put your little label Arugula. in. Arugula. What are you doing? Oh, oh. okay. And you <laughs> Get spritz. Peggy involved. Okay. <laughs> Don't mind us, folks. We're just doing fo- We're photo, photos photo on shoot. the radio. Yeah, yeah. yeah just... Okay, that's good. Go, you refilled your coffee. That's good. That's going to go out on Instagram right now. Great. By the way, you know, if you're uh, listening to the show on uh, A&M, 
Uh, you can also stream us at MikeNovak.net, at uh, WCGO.com. Um, we, we're streaming live video on Facebook every Sunday morning, 9 to 11 Central. And please share that video or start a watch party. Right. Uh, and you brought in greens, too. But, but let's get, we'll get to those in a second. Uh, sure. Get back to the garden. You right. said, uh, you know, and it's in the, the, an area of Chicago. And if you're not familiar, if you haven't been to Chicago, um, it's Lincoln Park, which is a stone's throw from the lake. So everybody goes there. That's you, right. You have 25,000 visitors to this garden every year. We do. We do. And it, it's, a, you know, such a great location mm-hmm. because families and international visitors have come to Chicago. They're visiting Lincoln Park Zoo. And, oh, there's a vegetable garden. <laughs> and what's the most popular thing in that garden for um, visitors? Let's see. The children love sorrel. So okay. really? sorrel has that sort of lemony, unexpected pop towards, you know. B- bitter well, soaps yeah, the way I usually ch- think well, of it. Well, children love it. So uh-huh. we grow a lot of sorrel. Okay. And then we grow interesting things, you know, a loofah plant, mm-hmm. uh, you know, unique beans that are, are really, uh, you know, yard-long Asian beans in red and green and a lot of fun crops. So, And we strive to make it very beautiful. So a lot of flowers to attract the beneficial insects and the mm-hmm. pollinators. Uh, so it's it's a fun space. Well, and you said that it was originally built to attract children, but I got to tell you, uh, there's a lot of adults who just want to get their hands on too and learn about this stuff and feel like it kind of passed them by. That is so true. I mean, when we think about nature deficit disorder and when that book was originally written by Richard Louvre, you're thinking children, crisis with children, crisis with all of us. We were all it's children nature deficit at one point. disorder yeah, for yeah. a planet at this mm-hmm. point. <laughs> I, I, I'll be I'll be the first to cop to it that. I don't get out into nature as much as I should, even though I talk about it Same here. a lot here. Uh, absolutely with me. The cobbler's uh, children have no shoes, <laughs> <Yes>. right? <laughs> uh, so here, but you have to, to well, I, I imagine part of what your problem is, is administrative stuff, doing the paperwork. Finding that balance, yeah. Yeah. you know, of, of staying true to giving myself what, our company tries to give so many other people mm-hmm. an experience with yeah. plants and connecting to nature and slowing down. And So tell us about mm-hmm. that experience. What do you provide? And you've done more than 1,000 gardens throughout the Midwest. When you say you're, you're creating gardens, what are you creating? How are you doing this? Okay, so um, our company is, covers all the range of things you need to do to get growing food. So we uh, design gardens, we build them with raised beds and rabbit and deer-proof fencing and irrigation systems and compost bins, and then we plant and tend gardens with people. So uh, some people are more DIY, and -hmm. they just want some advice, consulting. We will do that. Some people, I mean, we work with some elderly people who have property and they want a garden, and really, we do it all from Mm -hmm. design, build, plant, maintain. Uh, when I say we, we are a team of about 30 people. Uh, we have a headquarters building in Northbrook with greenhouses. We grow our own plants. We have an internship program, so we employ a lot of enthusiastic high school and college students who want to learn. Uh, and like this season, we were tending about 200 vegetable gardens, primarily on the North Shore and in Chicago, but mm-hmm. also, like Mike said, you know, Michigan, Wisconsin. All over, but we're really trying to elevate sort of the status of the vegetable garden everywhere yeah. in a yard. But um, you're doing rooftop gardens, that's and right. Courtyard gardens, and so it's not just a large backyard. Garden. That's correct. Rooftop courtyard, and then also 
residential, but also, um, you know, businesses, nonprofits. We have a garden in Old Orchard Shopping Mall. We have gardens at country clubs and pharmaceutical corporations Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, 20 schools we work with. So all kinds of neat projects. And it's exciting to be part of the Grow Your Own Food movement now where so many uh, people are realizing how important it is and that, oh, you could do it in unexpected places and it's relevant. And one of the things I said uh, uh, in my blog post, and you can go to MikeNovak.net for that, um, any kind of gardening requires a leap of faith. That's right. What if I screw up? What if, I, what if I kill everything? <laughs> yeah. And my answer is you won't and you won't. You will succeed. It's really uh, nature wants to cooperate with it you. It does. And, and you learn lessons. I mean, this year my cucumbers failed in my home garden. What? Most, most Jeannie of, Nolan? Most of my clients' cucumbers did great. This just in, folks. <laughs> Jeannie Nolan's cucumbers right, failed. Right. They went down early. <laughs> and, you know, these things happen. Yeah, you, you I, learn, it's a mystery. We're figuring it out. But, you know, so you plant more. Yeah. Yeah, so you try again next year. That's part of what we learn. That's yeah. What, yeah. And you go to the farmer's market and you buy the cucumbers. Right. <laughs> and you kick yourself. But, <laughs> yeah. But I had the same thing. I had cucumbers doing fabulously, got one harvest and then nothing. That's exactly what mine did nothing. this year. In my garden, but then I'd go to you know our, a client somewhere, and they had bushels. Yeah. Shall we make it unanimous? I had no cucumbers either this uh, year. So what? Yeah. What was it about this year? The weather, you know yeah. that that weather just in certain microclimates, which each garden is its own microclimate, that's for sure, just didn't do well. All that rain and cool weather, and the then beginning. it got hot. Exactly. It. it anyways. So. Uh, I, that's one of the questions I was going to ask you. And, and we will, folks, get to the microgreens. That's definitely going to happen here. Don't worry. <laughs> Just stick around for the for, That's for, the teaser, though, for the, the next right, segment. For the next segment, because we will get. But I want to ask you, for the gardeners out there who are listening and saying, hey, yeah, my cucumbers didn't uh, come up either, or something else didn't do well, uh, how would you judge this past gardening season uh, in the upper Midwest? Okay. Well, I would have to put it in the larger context of climate change which we've absolutely been feeling the effects of for the past several seasons, you know, three to five Mm -hmm. years, I'd say. And each year what we're finding is that it's less predictable. And the things that typically define spring, summer, and fall are sort of blurring. And so we're in new territory. So this season had a lot of challenges. It could have been worse. Um, you know, there was a moment when it was coming on very cool and wet, and I thought it was going to be terrible tomato year. It was an okay, to, in some situations, good tomato year. Some people actually did very well. Some, some people, people did. But the Tribune wrote an article about what a bad tomato mm-hmm. season right. it was. And so in some gardens, yeah. it was terrible. Yeah. Um, so unpredictable, you know. It it could have been worse, but it could have been better. It was one of those seasons. That's and, where mine were. And there it's was all, like right it's all weather-driven. Yeah. I mean, yeah. absolutely. You know, we, we, we're learning that yeah. more and more that even once we've done everything we can to encourage the microbes and bacteria and the soil and soil health and all the best practices and the weather, Mother Nature is yeah. in charge mm-hmm. here. Well, if there's a ton of rain, it's just not much you can do. That's and, and right. And a lot of and, us had a lot yeah, of rain. They did, and our small farmers really suffered. Um, you know, and and are needing to put up hoop houses and and really find ways to protect themselves with all of this unpredictability. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, there are some pluses, you know. uh, We're planting later in the season than we used to uh, and continuing to harvest a bit longer. Um, Although, although we had 
a hard freeze right. here in the middle of November. That's right. We 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 got cut off earlier than we, we had would like snow to. on on right on, on Halloween. Halloween. Right, and that was unbelievable. And you know that that screwed up our soil preparation season. You know because well we can't prepare soil if it's hard. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, what I did, uh, I saw the snow forecast, and the couple of days before, I said, okay. I'm going to prepare everything, and I I, right. mul- I mulched the whole garden. Uh, some places I put straw down because I still had beets in the ground. Right. And I said, I'm going to mulch them over because mm-hmm. I know it's going to snow, and that's going to provide even more cover. Right. And they'll probably get through this, and now it's in the 40s and 50s that's again. That's right. Yeah, so that, my, that my snow was a blanket. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. 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 And, so. So, and so I'm... Um, Keeping a wary eye out because probably the next time we get cold, yeah. it'll be here for the rest of the season. But I knew that was an early snap. We probably weren't going to have that for months and months and months. Right. Absolutely. So we have to be light on our feet, right, with with mm-hmm. our changing yeah. climate yeah. as gardeners. We have to be responsive. And, you know, we're planting a bit later in the spring. We're finding about a week later uh, because that early start is very risky now. Yeah. So. And if you're close to the lake, it's even later. Absolutely. There you go. All right. So that said... When we come back, we're going to get into microgreens, how you can grow stuff indoors, in your own home, in your kitchen, in your dining room, wherever, in the basement, who cares? (laughs) Uh, It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Jeannie Nolan is here in studio, and we will be right back. Illinois has become a national leader in solar energy installation, and right now you can save 60 to 70% on installation costs. You want it for your home or business, but you don't know where to start. So give our friends at Albright Solar a call. Albright Solar offers a boutique, hands-on approach to your situation. They know the ins and outs of local solutions, and we've worked with them for a decade. They're good people, and they know their stuff. Go to albright.solar or call 773-887-6446. DNR Services Unlimited has been serving the north and northwest suburbs since 1992. They can take care of those little problems that never get done. They perform complete bathroom, basement, and kitchen remodels. And if you're looking for a complete home makeover, they can handle that too. Visit their website at RestoreTheNorthShore.com or give them a call at 847-998-1687. That's RestoreTheNorthShore.com or give them a call at 847-998-1687. It'll be easy to find someone cheaper, but a lot harder to find someone better. This is Mike Novak. The song says it's the most wonderful time of the year, unless you're homeless. And I'm Bill Turk. It's hard to know what to do, but you can design a care kit for people in need, something that will do some good in the short run. And I'm Peggy Malecki. The number one item people need is good socks, high quality wool or thermal. Hats, gloves and scarves are also important, along with hygiene products like deodorant, body wash, toothbrushes and toothpaste, band-aids, lip balm, wet wipes, even nail clippers. Food products can include high-protein snacks, easy-to-open tuna, crackers and peanut butter, applesauce, granola bar, or fruit rolls. And I put everything in a one-gallon Ziploc bag. And if you can, make a connection, offer a smile, or even your first name. And don't forget to include some feminine products, too. You're not changing the world. Just making one person's world a little better for a little while. I'm Joy Barrett, and along with my wife, Holly, we are the host of the Wisconsin Vegetable Gardener Radio Show, heard on multiple stations across the country each year, March through October. 
Right now, you're probably very aware of whom you're listening to, but I'll let you know in case you've just tuned in. You're listening to The Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. And now here's two environmentalists that understand there's never an off-season for taking care of the earth. Mike Novak and Peggy Malecki. Well, thank you, Joey Bear. That's all the time we have. Good night, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) And I think Joey's watching us on Facebook. Uh, I think he is. Uh, And now, all right, you got your uh, promo in there, Joey. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I just, I just thought see, he was doing a little double duty there. He's being nice to us and giving himself a little plug. You got to like tending multiple gardens. There you go. There you go. Give the man a ding, okay? And uh, we just have to remind Joey that it's important. Don't be a jerk. Okay, we're just saying. No, I, you're not. We love Joey and Holly Bear mm-hmm. up in Wisconsin. Their show is in hiatus right now. They come back in March, and uh, they. Uh, they advise people how to grow things. They do a lot of what you're doing, Jeannie Nolan. Uh, so one of the things, he might even comment on the, on the next uh, segment, which is about microgreens. So tell us h- how you jumped into this area. What made you think you wanted to do this? Hmm, interesting. So I would say about three years ago, I was at a uh, meeting with the teachers at one of the school gardens that were very involved with Sears School in Kenilworth. And I saw this very attractive two-tiered grow light shelf. And some of the people on my team and I started talking about, oh, that looks really cool. This technology's come a long way. That could easily sit in someone's house. And what about indoor farming? Uh, one of the big goals at our company is to employ people with year-round careers. And that is a big challenge. So we've always been thinking, about, well, we're not going to plow snow in the winter. What can we do? So we hopped onto this idea of indoor farming, growing microgreens. <laughs> I, know, I love the idea because a lot, a lot of people in the horticultural industry switch over to snow plowing. Right, the winter, and we have trucks. Funny. Yeah, but, sure. You know, we employ like environmental outdoor education people. Mm-hmm. Like they're right. not dying to get behind a truck and plow snow. It's it's off mission for us, right? Yeah, so, and throw my, down salt, co- copious it. amounts of salt. That's right. But indoor farming is on mission for mm-hmm. us. Um, we're all about the experience of parents and kids and, you know, visitors to a restaurant or a workout gym, you know, getting exposed to how plants grow, connecting with plants, the flavor of fresh food, the nutrient density of it. So we started experimenting. We did a whole winter of trying it, researching it. And, you know, we did a de- at two places at my house and a gym where we do this. And we really experimented trial and error, plenty of failing, which is great. And then we honed in on the crops that work, um, and we now help people do this, talk mm-hmm. about it, spread the word. You can bring a, your garden indoors and have the sunshine and hope and, of, and fun of connecting with plants. All right. So do you have uh, already created uh, bins and trays with, with lights? Is, is it a system that that's, you just kind of roll into uh, the kitchen? That's right. I mean, we... Um, all of this can be done DIY and found online for how to do it. A lot it. of us do. I mean, I'm taking the string and hanging it up right. to whatever's in my house. It and then, does not you know. have to be fancy. Yeah. You do need grow lights, but those are more and more available. I know you you all have a friend who has a really unique, extra special type of grow light. That is Happy Leaf LED. Right. And they're great f- friends and have been mm-hmm. sponsors of the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. And we, the reason is we love their lights. Their lights are fantastic, but they, they sort of represent what's going on now, which is the development, the technology has advanced That's so right. far so that in the old days, people would say, oh, go get a shop light. 
which that, still works. It but, does, but it's but not, not as, as well. Not as well because right. of the t- the advance in it's technology. It's not as elegant of a solution, basically. right? And and I think that's part of what's happened. What you just said, the movement is now mm-hmm. produced. So are these there are these units? We buy ours from Gardner's Supply Company, mm-hmm. and they have you know, ones mm-hmm. that are sort of bamboo or black you know, metal, and they're great looking. You can put it right in your kitchen. There's tabletop or standing. And a lot of people want something that's attractive while they're growing And that's what we've gone for. Yeah. Um, And and another great thing on the LED lights is they take very little energy. That's it. So They don't um, get hot. They don't burn out. Right. And we we put an automatic timer. It Mm -hmm. comes with a timer. We typically have the lights on for about 12 hours. We try to mimic... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's interesting Nate, because so, a lot you know, of five a.m. to five p.m. Yeah, kind of a lot thing. of folks will say sixteen. So mm, you like twelve, huh? That's been fine for us. I mean, okay. what we are growing is microgreens and shoots. So that we come in kind of three categories. Is it appropriate to go into? To, yes. Yeah. Great. So uh, my favorite are the shoots. I love to grow shoots and sprouts, sprouts. Su- sunflower sprouts, and mm-hmm. pea shoots. Those are two of my favorites. Um, you know, I use them in salads. I'll, I'll sometimes lightly stir fry the pea shoots. They're good on a sandwich. Um, on a sandwich mm-hmm. with eggs and a smoothie. So I love to do those. So two. that's basically the cotyledon that comes out and before it produces leaves, right? Uh, oh, okay. Yes. Okay. But it's the entire sprout. It's not just the snipped green. That's correct. Right. So. And with those, well, with most of the micros, we do two cuttings. So, you know, we'll grow them once till, you know, somewhere between two and four or five inches. The pea mm-hmm. shoots can get pretty tall. Mm-hmm. Cut them and grow them once more. So they and that's what people want to know about microgreens. They say, well, you mean I can cut them and they're they're going to grow back? They will. I mean, that second round is stronger in flavor. It's a little tap more fibrous. It's not for everybody. You know, we also offer this as a service for a small amount of people. And there, if we're there once a week, we're not so much doing cut and come again. Mm -hmm. But in my own house, you know, I I do that. Um, Now with the microgreens, I will list to you the types we grow, but it's important to know in front that the subtlety, the flavor difference is subtle. Mm -hmm. So you're talking radish, kale, tatsoi, arugula, Cabbage and broccoli. Those are the types of microgreens that we grow. Some of it is fun because they're different colors. So we'll grow a red cabbage. Mm-hmm. It's really a nice color. But it's different. You know, you're not eating a broccoli head. You're, you're, you're eating this plant when it's like two to three yeah. inches tall. But it it's still got, tastes like yeah. broccoli. A little bit. Yeah, it's a got a slight bit. flavor yeah. of little bit. Or, or daikon radish has a slight radish. That's right. Very slight. Yeah. And, you know, the arugula is more mm-hmm. spicy. Um, but what I love about the microgreens is the nutrient density a lot, you know, is, is really high um, because they're just at the beginning of their life cycle. Uh, and you can feel it. You can feel the, the life in these plants is just boom. Uh, it's wonderful. You can wonderful. see it as they yeah. come yeah. up. Yeah. You've I mean, got a the, tray the here. Color okay. All right. It's just beautiful. And I, I right. think that's some of the cool thing on microgreens, too, of having I'm that. See if I can hold this. Yeah. Okay. They moved the camera. Oh, oh there, there it is. There so those are our, our arugula microgreens. Those have been growing one week. Um, and when we seed them, we use an organic potting soil. We pre-moisten the soil. Sorry to you up there, Peggy. That's a, uh, oh, wait. There. <laughs> uh, sorry about that. Yeah, no problem. No problem. And anyone not watching on Facebook saying, what? Huh? What? Well, what? well. And you miss the arugula if you're not Yeah, the beautiful arugula. And, and then we do herbs as microgreens. Mm-hmm. So we've struggled with like this a lot. Dill? We do dill, cilantro, basil, 
different types of basil, mm-hmm. lemon basil, you know, um, and parsley. Uh, initially, we were trying to grow potted herbs, larger herbs, rosemary, lavender, thyme, and we found that more challenging. Yeah. Um, so we've really gone to doing it all microgreens. Um, they, it is uh, a self-watering mm-hmm. setup. We, we can go into the setup a yeah. bit. But what, what about beets? I've had beet microgreens, and it's interesting. It's yes, we did try beet microgreens. Um, they were good, but they aren't as consistent in germination and mm-hmm. and how how they work. So they aren't part of our main roster. Okay. But they so do. It's, it's they more do of well. an, a little bit more of a labor intensive. That's right, and we're experimenting now, adding red vein sorrel to mm. our mix. We've been having a lot of fun helping Chef Rick Bayless with his whole operation this season. Yes, he's he and gets you've a been ding. working on Rick Bayless's garden, haven't you? That's right. For this season, uh-huh. uh huh. We were together at a the 20th anniversary luncheon for Green City Market, <laughs> and I asked him how his garden mm-hmm. was going, and he needed some help. So <laughs> it was good timing. Come on by. Um, I need some weeding done. But right he now. has an amazingly impressive setup for microgreens and all these unique. In, indoors or out? Indoors, indoors. In, his, in his basement. Okay. And, and it is for the restaurants. For though. the restaurants, absolutely. And, and some for him probably. Yeah. Too, it's, so, we're, you know, we're also learning a lot there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that was started, you know, long ago um, with Bill Shores, who I'm sure you all know. And, yeah. and, and so that was a very cutting edge early adapter mm-hmm. to microgreens and at if Chef, you, if Chef you Rick look, Bayless's garden. And we've got like 45 seconds before we break, but if you uh, have ever seen uh, Rick Bayless's backyard where he grows a lot of stuff, it's tiny and it's got shade issues and still the production is amazing. It is phenomenal. It's so a you model can, you urban can do farm. It, yeah, you can do it. And he's right next to the L-Tracks right. as well. So people, on the 606, 606 on the trail. Right, there. all right. Yeah. All right, when we come back, uh, more information I want to talk about the kinds of uh, potting medium mm-hmm. or media yes. you, you use and uh, some of the tips for harvesting and for uh, just growing in general, what folks need to be aware of. That's Jeannie Nolan from TheOrganicGardener.net. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki, and we'll be right back. Did you know air pollution from road transportation costs about $1 trillion a year in healthcare? In a Green Diva Minute, you'll learn more and be on your way to living a deeper shade of green. Yes, now is the time to consider buying an electric vehicle, also known as an EV. It's a great way to start to break our addiction to fossil fuels. Even with gas prices below $2.50 per gallon, you can save from $400 to $1,000 a year on fuel costs. The price of EVs has come down considerably and there are generous federal and state tax incentives. Who doesn't want to reduce health risks and greenhouse gases, save money, and drive a space-age cool car? I'm Green Diva Meg. Please visit thegreendivas.com to find useful Green Diva podcasts, videos, and of course, lots of low-stress ways to live a deeper shade of green. The Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We're working on our science every show. Well, the elm leaf beetle uh, and elm flea weevil are the two main ones that hit the elm trees, the hybrid elms. Elf leaf beetle. Elm leaf beetle. El- elm leaf beetle yeah. and the flea. Elm flea weevil. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Easy for you to say. The Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Sundays, 9 to 11 a.m. on Chicago's Smart Talk WCGO. Come on, you say that fast.
This is Peggy, and I publish Natural Awakening Chicago magazine. And for the past eight years, we've been helping Chicagoans to lead healthier and more sustainable lives. Pick up a copy of Natural Awakenings each month and enjoy new information about health and wellness, local foods, raising healthy kids, helping our environment, and living a more sustainable life. Get your free copy of Natural Awakenings in more than 1,100 locations throughout city and suburbs, or visit us at nachicago.com. Natural Awakenings. Feel good. Live simply. Laugh more. Chicago Smart Talk, AM 1590 and FM 95.9, the exclusive home for the Dave Ramsey Show in Chicago. All right. There she is. (laughs) And she's in our studio. Thank you, Mike. I just find them all. And I just, you do. Uh, welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki and Jean Genie is here <laughs> in the studio with us. So uh, that would be Ms. Nolan. Ms. <laughs> Nolan to the rest of you. Right? Oh, Mrs. Very married. And, uh, you'll be happy to know we've all been called idiots on Twitter. <laughs> Good for us. Somebody wrote, uh, the lines between seasons have always been blurred. Nature does not stick to man-made calendars or seasons. Idiots. I see, I see, I see. Okay, great, cool. (laughs) Well, love it. Anybody else want to call us an idiot? 877-711-5611. This is the Idiot Hotline. It's open (laughs) right now. Uh, Let's get to uh, back to microgreens, Gene Genie. Yes. Uh, um, So folks want to start this in, whether they do a DIY or they hire you or they do some other system. Or order the products. Or order. Mm -hmm. All right. How do you set it up? What? Right. So, um, you know, first you need your uh, lights, and we happen to grow them on carts. They can be tabletop or standing on wheels. Um, and then you need your trays. So some of our trays are from Gardener Supply, and these little ones that we figured out are from Greenhouse Megastore. We really like them. Uh, but you could use Megastore. regular. You could. You could use, you could use a, 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 a big. Yeah. You, you could use maybe the, the big clamshell salad. You could. I mean, you want the bottom perforated because you are sure. doing a um, version of a self-watering planter. Yeah. It isn't totally self-watering. But um, so the way this works is you have a solid tray that you mm-hmm. fill with water with a riser. And then your planted tray sits right on it just with a tad of water touching the bottom initially But what you want to do is as the flat of plants absorbs the water, you want the roots to be strained a bit so that they're shooting down into the water. You don't want it. Right. You want them to reach for the water. You want them reaching. That helps with, you know, the the nutrient density, the flavor, the, you know, you want robust plants that are trying. It's like your lawn. You want to water deeply less often and let the roots chase the water Very down. similar. Yeah. Very and just similar. Keep and by misted. the way, but, but you skipped a step, which is the, the medium that they're That's growing. right. So um, we like to use a an organic potting soil. Um, we use Organomix. We use a, a potting soil made by Fox Farm called Happy Frog. Um, but you do care about the ingredients in your potting soil, and you want them to be naturally derived because you're eating this. So it isn't just any potting medium. I'm going to assume that you're not going to go for any pre-fertilized mix. Uh, That's right. I mean, the Happy Frog Fox Farm brand does have 
um, naturally derived right. fertilizer. They, most in of those it. mixes will have minor amounts of nutrients. Exactly. In them. They're and, trace amounts, minor amounts. They're not like okay. You you buy the Miracle Grow mix. It's got the fertilizer in it already, that's right. and mm-hmm. it's a synthetic fertilizer usually. You do not want that. And why is that? Well, you. There's no reason to use synthetic anything in this process. We okay. can do it perfectly well with, uh, you know, naturally derived soil mix. Mm-hmm. Um, so why would we yeah. introduce? Well, and, and are you fertilizing at all at this no, stage in their no, life? And that's the point, right? this is a right? very quick life cycle. Right. I mean, you know, we're eating these microgreens and herbs and shoots one to two weeks after we've planted them. It's a quick yeah. turnaround. Now, do you reuse your soil at all? We do. Okay. Um, but we don't reuse it for microgreens. Right. That, well, that's what I meant. You Would know you what re- I mean? use it again? Because you, you read from time to time that there can be some fungus and other issues with sprouts, especially. Right. But now, the we, microgreens. We haven't run into that. Um, you know, we'll put it back in a garden. Or right. But to reuse again for microgreens, you wouldn't. That do. we don't do. All right. Um, and how do you seed? So how do we seed? So first we pre-moisten the soil um, because potting soil, when it comes out of the bag, has a, a lot more capacity to hold water. And you really want it good and full of moisture. Okay, good. So we'll pre-moisten that so, soil. So the mistake is you, you take it out dry, you, you put the seeds on, and then you water. No. You want to pre-moisten <laughs> that, that soil yes, right. and, and get it up to capacity so it really is moist. And your goal is to keep it there mm-hmm. that, and that it will never dry out. Um, and then it's very simple. We fill the flat close to the top and we press the seed in. Um, you will do need to experiment a little with how densely to seed. Mm-hmm. We found that if you seed too dense, for instance, with the arugula, it's such a teeny seed – you can actually get these sort of like mildew patches ah. in the arugula um, as it as it come starts mm-hmm. to grow. So experiment with that, um, and then at this point we use a spray bottle to keep that top of the soil moistened as we're germinating. Now sometimes we use um, a plastic Lid. dome tray, oh yeah, the- which creates sort of a mini greenhouse effect mm-hmm. in a positive way. Which, by the way, is a reason for you to save some of those containers you get with with tops on them. I, Absolutely, we, I grow stuff in them all the time. Right, in, in the I winter. mean the, the the type of tub that your strawberries come in are great for growing peas. Yeah, clamshells and the yeah. larger ones. I got we got a really large one. One of one of my pet peeves is now going to a store and you can't buy anything that isn't. Uh, you can't buy uh, produce that isn't encased right. in plastic. Oh. It's nuts. It's it is crazy. Nuts. Yeah. So you know, can, and, and I think people it. look at me funny because I'll just grab a head of lettuce or of sp- uh, a bunch of spinach, throw it into my reusable bag, and then I take it to the the counter and I just throw the thing out on there, and they look at it like, <laughs> "Why is this not in plastic?" <laughs> me uh, too. I'm that weirdo too. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But we care, you know. We got two minutes, so, so let's let's get through. The, this. the function of this dome is to encourage germination, um, because sometimes there can be some issues. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with getting all the seed to sprout. So this dome really helps, but it doesn't stay on the whole time. Once the, you know, micros are growing nicely, you can take it off. Um, And then the main thing I would say is don't let them get too old. These are meant to be eaten very young, um, and that's when they're good. Good point. Uh, And as you mentioned, and I've got it here uh, on, uh, you sent me a, a lovely little PDF. It says, when microgreens are tall enough to cut, 
use the scissors and snip the greens just above the soil line mm-hmm. to serve. Wash the microgreens with water and dry with paper towels or a salad spinner for freshest flavor. Eat today. Yeah. Add them to soups, salads, sandwiches, eggs, and main dishes. Store the remaining cut microgreens in a plastic bag in your refrigerator. They typically last five to eight days when refrigerated. That's right. Thank you for that little bit of uh, yes. a little PDF you sent us. Appreciate that. Well, good. And, and folks can click on that if they go to MikeNovak.net uh, and and check out this. We got like a minute left. So, um, and of course, the lights are part of it. Uh, your whatever light you have will give you instructions. But if you have a fluorescent, you got to put it pretty low, like mm-hmm. about six inches above. That's right. Uh, if you've got the other grow lights. You can you can experiment, and they'll tell you how far they want to have them above the microgreens. Right. Um, and and done. Boom, done. Absolutely. I and mean, so fun. You can have it right in your kitchen. Yep. Boom, uh, done. Pass the salad. Exactly. Well, Jeannie Nolan, thank you so much. Go to theorganicgardener.net to find out more information. For those of us uh, locally, we'll be back with a second hour. For the rest of you, go green or go home. Captain's log, stardate 42326.1. The Enterprise is under attack by an apparently hostile life form. Mr. Wolf, status report. They appear to be perambulating vegetables. We are being stalked by stalks of asparagus. That is incorrect, Mr. Wolf. Mr. Data, be more specific. Asparagus officinalis, or killer asparagus, was the subject of a very popular 21st century tome by the brilliant author Mike Novak. Mike Novak. I'm familiar with his work. Of course. Attack of the Killer Asparagus is required reading at Starfleet Academy. Tell me more, Mr. Data. He has been variously compared to Mark Twain, Dave Barry, and Gwynok of Ninglador. Captain, shields are failing. Thank you, Mr. Wolf. Mr. Data, options. Captain, it seems to be available online at aroundtheblockpress.com. What do they have to say? Hmm. It appears that Mike Novak is a slapstick every gardener, taking all our self-delusions, mishaps, and confusions, and playing them for big laughs. That's not very helpful, Mr. Data. No, it is, however, highly accurate. Welcome to the second hour of the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. This hour is brought to you by Bartlett Tree Experts. Every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. Here they are again, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. All I need is good food to eat and make me healthy, wealthy, wide awake. Lettuce, tomatoes, root and bacon. What about those sweet potatoes? All I need is good food to eat. All I need is good food to eat. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Uh, one thing that I did not put on my blog post, and I should have, and Peggy just brought it up. Uh, if you go to theorganicgardener.net um, under Grow It Yourself, which is under something else, <laughs> which is under Learn. Learn, then grow it yourself. And she's got this list. And I, it's weird because I talked about it. She 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 had this in 2013 when she was on the show. It's 10. Uh, it's a list of 10 lists of 10 about growing food. And you and, brought up a really great resources, too. Right. So under 10 reasons to grow a food garden, number one is health. Number two is taste. But number three is safety. Quote, foodborne illnesses such as salmonella and E. coli are routinely found on produce grown on industrial farms. And she talks about spinach from E. coli, uh, spinach that was tainted with E. coli. Um, There's no safer source of food than your own backyard or your own kitchen counter as well for microgreens. Right. And we're going to get into that um, after the break. 
Uh, Peggy and I have been tracking down some articles, and one of them is about the E. coli outbreak. There's yet another one. There was one last year. There's one this year. And I got to thinking, actually, Kathleen said, why is it always romaine? So I thought I'd look it up. And uh, there are some interesting reasons mm-hmm. why it's always romaine. But if you grow romaine in your own yard and you're not next to a factory farm uh, or, you're, you know, uh, or having people touch it uh, in various stage, stages of its shipment, mm-hmm. uh, you're not going to have those issues. Or that, yeah, or or being next door to a place that has perhaps lots of wild animals walking through or something. Yeah, so uh, that uh, will come up in the in the second segment. We'll also want to tell you that later, and I'm not exactly sure when, uh, they're sitting outside. Well, Hannah's here. I haven't seen Justin yet. We uh, Fred's oh, Ju- on the line. Justin, no, Justin's, Justin's here. Justin's here too? Justin's great, here, Great, yeah. great. At some point... Uh, and Fred's given us the thumbs up from wherever he is in the world. Hey, Fred, out in... Uh, He's on, I believe it's one of the moons of Saturn that he sends his, he's nodding. Yes. Okay, good. Uh, and they're going to come in here to talk about Gabby Road. Uh, as you know, Gabby Road has been following our show on WCGO, flagship station for the Smart Talk Network. And um, uh, the, uh, we haven't had, you know, what the way we've uh, communicated in the past few weeks is, they're, we're running out with our stuff in the in the madness of six minutes setting up, and they're running in with their stuff. Uh, we go, hey, have a good show. Hey, see you later. And that's been kind of it. And we're like, who are those guys? I don't know. I don't have any idea who those people are. So we're going to find out today. They're going to be on our show, and we'll give them a, a, a little ramp up. We're going to give you that bump, the Mike Novak bump, into uh, the 11 o'clock hour. Uh, and so we're looking forward to that uh, coming up later. Uh, I wanted to mention briefly, though, I got... Um, a uh, a message from our buddy Pat Scatch, uh, who occasionally fills in and does our weather stuff. He is a, uh, um, a you know, and I always forget his title, and I apologize for that, Pat. But um, he's a statistician, basically a weather statistician. Um, and he said, "Hi, Mike. A little trivia for you. Thanksgiving 2019 is the latest Thanksgiving on the calendar. I wonder if he means ever." I have no idea. Probably the latest date for a Thursday. Yeah. Uh, 2018, last year, was the earliest. So that's why that was... Folks, if you thought there was an extra week between Thanksgiving and Christmas, there was. And you do not get it this year. So you're all going to be scrambling. That's that's what's going to happen. Let's see. uh, Thanksgiving Day is recognized from November 22nd through November 28th. So there you go. That's the official word from the official guy, Pat Scatch. Give that man a ding. All right. When we come back, uh, going to look at a few stories that have made headlines. Some of them are pretty disturbing. Uh, some of them are just interesting. Um, <laughs> I'm going to try not to cry. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki, and we'll be right back. When it comes to tree care, it's all about the science. Well, there's love and history and family, too, but you definitely want the best science for your trees. That's why you should contact Bartlett Tree Experts at Bartlett.com. With 120 offices around the world, including Canada, England, and Ireland, Bartlett is the largest residential tree care firm in the world. Their work is backed by the science of the Bartlett Research Laboratories in North Carolina. They pioneered integrated pest management 
Management, or IPM, in the 1970s, introduced the first organic fertilizer, and now Bartlett is the first and only tree care company to research the benefits of biochar on urban soils and tree health. At the same time, they're focused on you and your needs, meaning that they'll do the right thing for your tree and you. Put science to work for your trees. Get a free estimate today, because every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. Okay, thank you, William Shatner. I, I just brought that up because it's ridiculous. That's one of the reasons. Um, well, but also because you were looking, we, uh, you might have heard us uh, a second ago, the commercial for uh, City Grange, uh, one proud sponsor of the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. And the commercial for the Frozen Robins. Because, and you combine the two. Because you are one. Yeah, because I are one. And you combine the two, and what happens is you get the frozen robins at City Grange. Oh, dear. Uh, and, um, yeah, on the 19th of December, we're going to be there from 6.30 to 8, warbling and just having a, a, a really good time. That sounds like a great time. I think there's going to be a fire, <laughs> and there'll be probably hot cider. And libations. Get, libations. Uh, that's because always at, at City Grange. Shut up, Wesley. And uh, what else is going well, on? Well, before that, um, City Grange, which is at 5500 Northwest, Northwestern in Catalpa, um, they are getting Christmas trees, and they are working with a Wisconsin grower sourcing Douglas firs, balsams, and white pines. Um, as their website says, there's a tree for every tradition. You can order, have your tree delivered. They're going to pick out the tree for you and get it to your front door. They are tree concierges. Uh, so we are aware that we still haven't even gotten to Thanksgiving, uh, but that's why we did a little Feliz Navidad uh, so you can for your pleasure. Yeah. So as they say, feel good about the tree. It came from a small Wisconsin grower, and you're supporting a local business and a local tree farm. Yeah, you got to go over to City Grange, see what they're up to, and especially the 19th, 6.30 p.m., the Yay. Frozen Robins, live. We'll get Ellie to put that up. And in person. Uh, and, and actually, Deb who I believe is listening, will be singing there with us. Um, Deb, who comments occasionally on Facebook, is is also a frozen robin. So there you go. All right. Those are uh, some – here's what happens. Ke- uh, Peggy and I get uh, get uh, gazillions of uh, emails that come across uh, our inbox. You, you uh, only get a gazillion? Uh, oh, okay. You get two gazillion. I know. She does because she signed up for every environmental organization in the world. Uh, and some gardening organizations and some health and wellness organizations. And then Peggy will send me an email, say, I suppose you got this. And I look at it and go, no, I didn't get that because I don't sign up for everything. I don't sign up for half of them either. They just show up in my inbox. I don't know why they show up in your inbox. Uh, So we exchange these things all the time, and Peggy will send me an email that says, "Uh, should we put this up on – the uh, Facebook page, and I'm like, I don't have time. Go ahead. You put it up. Uh, so, Ellie, Ellie, you put it up there. Uh, it's just there's, we're inundated with stuff. So sometimes they make it uh, on the website, and sometimes they make it on the Facebook page, and sometimes they make it on the Twitter, and sometimes we just have to 
go on the air and talk about stuff. And we just lined up a bunch of stories the other day. It was kind of funny. Uh, I, Peggy said, so what you got? And I went, about this? How about that? And she went, well, yeah. Oh, yeah? I'll see you're this, and I'll raise you that. And she said, and said out all these different stories. Uh, so We're we, going to start copying you, Ellie. No, Ellie doesn't <laughs> want that. She does not want that. So uh, New York Times headline from yesterday, I believe, uh, from the 22nd. No, from Friday. Um, CDC issues E. coli warning on romaine lettuce ahead of Thanksgiving. You got to love mm-hmm. that. But if, you, if you're the my family, there's no greens on the table ah. anyway, so you don't have to worry about that. Well, the, the Forbes headline that went along with that, CDC, do not eat romaine lettuce from here. E. coli outbreak gets worse. Uh, What's and, going on? And so the New York Times writes, the Centers for D- Disease Control and Prevention warned consumers on Friday not to eat any romaine lettuce from Salinas, California, after at least 40 cases of E. coli infection nationwide were linked to contaminated products from that region. In a statement dealing uh, detailing the E. coli outbreak, which has affected 16 states and left at least 28 people hospitalized, the CDC also advised retailers not to sell mm-hmm. any lettuce harvested in Salinas. And there's, there's uh, an October date through a November 2nd sell-by date, and for the most part it's in pre-made salad kits from places like Sam's Club and restaurants. But it leads to the bigger question, and where else? <laughs> you know, here's what happened. We, we as a society, decided, oh, gosh, it's much safer to put it all in plastic. And now you got to be careful because if you pick up that plastic mm-hmm. uh, and it's all in there, you might be getting a little dose of E. coli with that. So I'm at home, and I'm listening to this. We're on the news and thinking, well, actually, it was Kathleen who said, why is it always romaine? And I thought, wow, I really don't know the answer to that. Um, and so I went online and I found an article from 2018 in the AZ Central out of Arizona. It's a part of a USA Today uh, chain. And um, let's see here. What makes what is, such what, a magnet? Yeah, what what is causing the E. coli outbreaks? And their answer is, it's a medical mystery. Uh, does contamination occur in the field, from the water, air, soil? Is it the result of animal incursions, weather, or does it happen elsewhere in the supply chain? A processor, distributor, transporter? Great questions. State and federal officials charged with protecting America's food supply can't tell you. Growers don't know. Food safety researchers can't explain it. Scientists can offer only theories. However, here's one of those theories. Uh, The way romaine grows might explain how E. coli gets into the lettuce and stays there in defiance of industry tests and inspections designed to keep food safe from farm to fork. Romaine structure can provide protection for the bacteria. It comes out of the ground, as you know, if you've ever grown it, shaped like a fat vase or vase. Leaves stand upright in overlapping folds that spiral to a central core. The crevices in the crispy leaves offer shelter for bacteria, keeping them safe from the ultraviolet light, wind, and rain that otherwise would kill them. Once the bacteria take hold in those microscopic nooks, they can't be washed or even cooked off. Isn't that terrifying? Mm -hmm. Um, 
It says, uh, unlike foods such as beef, and, and, the, and the popularity is, is the key to this, unlike foods such as beef that are produced and processed regionally, the nation's lettuce comes primarily from two areas of the country, Yuma in the winter and central and coastal uh, California in the spring, summer, and fall. A much smaller supply comes from Florida and Mexico, and then they go on with charts and graphs and stuff. So that's... And it goes all over the country very quickly. Uh, right. And should I be afraid of rain, romaine, they, they write here? No. Nothing that comes from the ground is 100% safe, but the world of outbreaks represents just a fraction of the leafy greens crop. So uh, let's see, it says uh, Arizona farms produce 130 million servings of leafy greens daily. Three E. coli cases combined uh, sickened 287 people. That was last year again. Mm -hmm. The math is on the side of the consumer. Well, yeah, 287 out of 300 and what are we at, like 37 million, something like that now? Um, So the risk is negligible. On the other hand... Uh, On the other hand, if you are one of those few people. Yeah, you feel like you just lost the lottery. Yeah. Okay. Which goes back to eating seasonally, eating locally, and knowing where your food comes from. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a big deal. Okay. Um, That took longer than I thought. However, you the the story that just devastated me yesterday was the one you sent to me about what's happening in Australia. And we need to talk to Rick DeMaio a little Mm -hmm. bit about this. Uh, what do you have that one up by any chance? Yeah, there's a, a whole variety of headlines on this because I actually did some digging and found it on New York Times and elsewhere. But I go back to Forbes again. This is from um, November 23rd. The headline koalas, quote, functionally extinct after Australia bushfires destroy 80 percent of their habitat. Oh. And it goes on to say the the um, the big fires that are happening all over, um, but especially around the Sydney area in, um, I believe it's New Wales area of Australia. Um, They estimate over a 1,000 koalas have been killed from the fires, and 80% of their habitat has been destroyed. It's been an endangered species anyways, as habitat's gotten more fragmented. They live primarily on eucalyptus leaves, and much of the eucalyptus forests have been destroyed. Um, And their, their basic... Many animals run from fires, mm-hmm. and koalas will go up the tree and curl up into a ball. Oh, and I, the fires are so intense that they estimate half the population has been wiped out in some of the areas. And there's a... Unfortunately, I looked at the video Yeah, that was on there. Yeah. Don't look at that and video. And I don't. Well, we, we, did, we did Especially with volume. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it just breaks your heart. Uh, and and it was actually a rescue of a koala, but the poor thing mm-hmm. had had just uh, didn't know where to go, what to do. And a woman takes off her shirt and wraps the koala in her arms and runs off. And it's like pouring water from a plastic mm-hmm. water bottle onto the koala. Um, this wouldn't happen. I don't know. Would this happen without people? The koalas did pretty well in Australia for, I would think, uh, hundreds of thousands of years. A lot of the articles I was reading said some of it's because they've been pushed so far out of their territory and it's so fragmented, but also the droughts have gotten far more severe and in Australia. And why is that, do you think? 
Um, I'm just guessing here. I'm just wondering, <laughs> you're wondering if you uh, – do you think there's something going on on the planet yeah. that might maybe has yeah. something to do with this? But the drought's getting far more severe, far more fires, far more intensity to the fires, um, and the koala population being pretty unstable to begin with. But I was reading other articles talking about um, huge amounts of bats falling out of the sky during the wildfires. Because of the heat. Because again. of the heat. Yeah, not just the fires, but the heat as well. So we're losing koalas. We're losing, uh, you know, Australia is not a place to to uh, emigrate to at the moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, water scarcity has been part of it, too, for uh, the koalas. As, as it's gotten drier and drier, there's less water. Yeah. And they've got to rely more on smalling uh, smalling, shrinking uh, yeah. amounts of, of uh, eucalyptus so that, that, habitat. That's just, um, as I said, heartbreaking. We're, we're losing and the sixth mass extinction. We're in it, folks. It's happening right now. And I'm trying, you know, I, I like to do fun stuff and keep people happy if we possibly can. How do you, how do you spin losing the koalas and making the koalas go extinct? Yeah. Losing the sp- national symbol of Australia. Yeah. And there's a lot of people saying the government of Australia is not doing enough at this point for Probably. overall climate change. Well, they're having some of the same battles we are. Mm-hmm. The, uh, you know, right-wing governments versus left-wing governments and stalemate in, in their legislatures. Uh, and then nothing gets done. And by the way, uh, our koalas are, have just vanished. And so, and that's where we are because we dither and we don't enact policies and we withdraw from the Paris Agreement and things like that. And we wait for the lobbyists to All right. save us. We got a, like a minute and a half here and um, I saw a really interesting story um, about climate. It was again in uh, the New York Times and it was how scientists got climate change so wrong. This was actually from November 8th. Few thought it would arrive so quickly. Now we're facing consequences once viewed as fringe scenarios. Um, you know, had a scientist in the early 1990s suggested that within 25 years, a single heat wave would measurably raise sea levels at an estimated two one hundredth of an inch, bake the Arctic and produce Sahara like temperatures in Paris and Berlin. The prediction would have been dismissed as alarmist. But many worst case scenarios from that time are now realities. And in this in and the, the article goes through and it's an opinion piece, but it's based on the science of it um, about how scientists underestimated where we are right now so if they've underestimated that mm-hmm. and we're still here dithering and uh, they're still underestimating uh we had guy mcpherson on the show and and people yell at him because he sa- they they think he's t- an alarmist to co- coin a phrase he might very well be right and the data on earth is bearing it out mm-hmm. so wish we'd gotten to more but that's some of the wonderful news out there all right when we come back Gabby Road. Let's lighten things up a little bit. It's the Mike <laughs> Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We'll be right back. You want to install a solar energy system for your home, but you're afraid you'll be overwhelmed by choices and jargon. You need to talk to our friends at Albright Solar. Albright Solar offers a boutique, hands-on approach to your situation. They know the ins and outs of local solutions. They take the confusion out of the process and make solar simple, giving you the confidence to enjoy your investment. Harness the power of the sun. Go to albright.solar or call 773-887-6446. 
Stay in touch with The Mike Novak Show. Find us on Facebook and YouTube at The Mike Novak Show. Use the Twitter handle at Mike Now. Send us a photo on Instagram at The Mike Novak Show or write to us, Mike, at MikeNovak.net. We're also at TheGreenDivas.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and on the Smart Talk Radio Network. Podcasts and blog posts are available every week at MikeNovak.net. Sign up to get our newsletter on the homepage and support the sponsors who support us. Look for logos and specials at MikeNovak.net. You can get anything you want at Alice's Restaurant. You can get anything you want at Alice's Restaurant. I had to play this. Walk right in, it's around. In honor of the upcoming mm-hmm. holiday, and I realized that I hadn't used it in the show. Yeah, we've this got is... Mark Dvorak's version, but not this one. That's right. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki, and uh, happy Thanksgiving to uh, everybody out there, and especially the folks in the studio and on the Zoom machine. Uh, we're Zooming all the way from the Maldives here this morning, right? Yes. Holy we are. Uh, Fred Weintraub. Hey, Fred, how are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for inviting us to be on your show. Well, uh, these are the folks uh, from Gabby Road in the studio. Uh, how do you pronounce your last name, Justin? It is Kalufsek. Hannah, <laughs> Hannah finally, she actually now finally knows how to say it. So well, I know how to I say it. I give everyone without, a pass. Without questioning it. <laughs> but here's the thing. Like Novak, like, you know, because some people say Novak, some people say Novak, there's going to be a half a dozen different ways yeah, that, sure. that people pronounce your last name. Absolutely. So you got to go with Kalufsek. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that's what you want. Uh, now, Hannah Stanley, that's kind of easy. It's Stanley. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> nice. like, like the cartoonist, like the comic book Stan Lee. Yeah, it's that uh, all, all I got to say no. about that is... Don't be a jerk. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Stanley like the cup. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and you guys are all hosts, uh, the trio are hosts of Gabby Road, which is on uh, WCGO and the Smart Talk network yes. um and you've all you've all been in the media uh <laughs> doing stuff for a long time i mean that's that's the way it works is that as i tell people because i've worked at wgn mm-hmm. i've worked at wcpt and i say i've started at the top and i'm working my way to the bottom well, yeah. uh, but i'm kidding because uh, <laughs> uh i love working here at smart talk and and with the folks at uh, wcgo but one of the things about the business is that you end up in a lot of different venues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And oh. with many, many, many different people. Mm-hmm. So it's very funny because when we have calls about the show, you know, editorial meetings, whatever, somebody will say, well, what about this person? And and Fred or Justin or I will go, oh, I worked with them at three different places and I have their cell phone. <laughs> and um, give me a second because if nothing else, I can call their sister. Like, so we know everybody. <laughs> exactly. So, Fred, why are you uh, on the Zoom from the Maldives? Why not? So I live in Chicago part of the time, in Singapore part of the time, and then you never know where you're going to find me. So I happen, to be, I happen to be taking a few days break in preparation of Thanksgiving, but through the magic of radio, even though I'm not always in the studio, the three of us are always together at, at Gabby Road, so... Because of the technology, it almost doesn't matter. And it is kind of amazing that I am so far deep into the Indian Ocean, 430 miles south of Sri Lanka, and I can be on with you guys. And we're thrilled that we get to come on every week after your show. Well, we appreciate that, and I and I, what I thought happened is that the plane ran out of fuel, and uh, <laughs> so they just 
ditched you in the Maldives and said, we'll come back. We'll, yeah, we'll get back. We'll get Hannah, back. Likes to say, Hannah likes to say that she kicked me out of the studio, so I had to find another, <laughs> I had to find another home. It's, it's where in the world is Fred Weintraub That's this week? Exactly. And he says 483 miles south of Sri Lanka, as if any of us know where Sri Lanka really is. <laughs> so we all go, uh-huh. Of course you are. But, okay, good. That's you, nice. Is it snowing? No? All right, good. You have fun. <laughs> I, I have I have a decent idea, but you know after the uh, after the show, I'm going to Google Maps yes. and, just, and typing yeah. it in. Just Okay. Oh, that's where Fred was. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, there we go. Fantas- and by the way, Fred, you and I share a common past because you also were at Gargantua Radio down the dial. Uh, and, I was. And I did. As the, was Hannah. As I was not. I thought you did some filling on. Oh, I might have. I don't know. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, no. I, okay. Now well, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, yes. Oh, yeah, no, no. no. Phil, yeah, well, yeah, I yeah. had a regular show, but I also did fill in. As did I. And, yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. I called myself Radio Spackle because they would, <laughs> they, I, they would plug me in, uh, usually in the middle of the night. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, uh, Nick DeGilio needs to take a week off, and Steve and Johnny aren't available, and there you go. Yeah. And so, and then now, you, now you're looking to fill six hours uh, of uh, radio on a 50,000-watt blowtorch <laughs> and, and, and make it sound halfway decent. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So what brought the three of you together for Gabby Rote? So really, it was Fred's idea. Um, he had been frequently a guest of mine on uh, Afro Not Mentioned radio station. Um, <laughs> Gargantua. Gar- Gargantua radio <laughs> yes, down the dial. Yes. And uh, and he, he reached out to me and said, I think we should do a show. And I went, yeah, I think we should. Like, it was that simple and easy. And then as we developed what we wanted to be, we realized we wanted, we had a great guy sitting there and we had a reason for him in that we have three generations that can come to um, topics and bring perspectives that are a little bit different. And and that way we can represent the millennium, millennium, <laughs> millennium sorry. Here we go. Disney oh, brain. Here we go. Disney oh, no. brain. No, the millennial and the Gen Xer and the boomers of the world. And, and, and and how often does the phrase "Okay, Boomer" end up on the show? Never yet. It hasn't happened yet, no, but okay. now it's going to definitely. <laughs> I'll just put it that way. <laughs> they did call me a boomer once, and I was like, "Do not try to make me a boomer. I am Gen X." Um, we tease a little bit at because at Justin's expense because it's super easy. It's okay. <laughs> I, I allow it. I allow it. But Fred, there you are. You're just you're stuck where where you are, right? Uh, in in Boomerland. Uh-oh. Fred can't hear us. Uh oh. He's he in Boomerland, but he's in the Maldives. So oh, if, see, see, if the Maldives are Boomerland, I'm looking forward to that to that life phase. And, and, and now there's Andrew scrambling in there, and you've seen Andrew scramble before. Uh, uh, this half doing five hundred thousand calculations. So, so per I got to play this for Fred because he's out there, and of course he can't hear us, and and we're trying to oh, get yeah. the trying to get the connection back. And all I got to say is, you knew the job was dangerous when you took it, Fred. <laughs> all right. <laughs> And he can't hear it, so no. it, it, that was wasted. So there, it, you guys are together, and you had perspective on a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. So I, I was looking at your topics uh, uh, on your uh, on your website, and you can go to uh, uh, smarttalkradio.com. Oh, do we have Fred back? We have him back. back. I can you do it. have me back. Yeah. Oh, that's a shame. I'm sorry. You'll have to, <laughs> you have to play it for Fred again, then. Okay, I'm going to play it one more time for you, Fred, and it goes... You knew the job was dangerous when you took it, Fred. All right, so... <laughs> and you know that's super chicken, so... Uh, yeah. Buck, buck, buck. Yeah. Um, so you guys 
cover everything. It's you're you're all over them. You know, usually Peggy and I know if it's going to fit in our show, it's going to be about the environment or gardening or, or sustainability in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. So one of the things we've talked a lot about during our planning phases and during our our meetings each week, and there's several sometimes, is is this interesting to any or all of us? Is it going to be something that we can learn mm-hmm. and help other people learn more about? And are we going to feel good about about that content? Um, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's not going to be something where we're like, ugh. That was just the worst thing to talk about ever. We wanted to be uplifting. We, we did a fulfilling. couple of those in the previous segment. Okay. <laughs> no, the koala story is like heartbreaking and mm-hmm. also compelling. So I, yeah, I'm all about those that that those wildfires. I have to learn more and more. California, Australia. Yeah. Uh, I just uh, one of the stories we didn't bring up uh, uh, was about the Amazon, and I read just yesterday mm-hmm. that uh, there's a report now saying you know because Brazil was trying to say. We always have this many wildfires, flyers, and the report says, nope, not really. This was an mm. exceptional year. This is a bad one. The worst since 2010. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, so, no, it's it's really just what we feel is going to be valuable. We want people to listen and go, I am so glad that I spent that time mm-hmm. with them. And we also want to surprise them so mm-hmm. that we try to get in guests that – no one thinks they were going to come over to the radio station or get on the telephone. <laughs> I don't expect anybody ever to show up. they realize, both in your show and in our show, that we can get almost anybody to come on the air. And as Hannah and Justin said, really what it's all about is we want to give out good information, we want to entertain, and we want people to have chips in their pockets. So then we, when they walk out at the end of either your show or our show on a Sunday, then maybe they know something that they didn't know before, that they have a smile on their face, and they can get on with the rest of their Sundays. And really, that's what radio is all about. And I think Together, we all try to do that with our shows. Well, I, I need to say something with the, with the uh, the arrival of your show here. Now we have this six hour block. You can start at seven if you love fishing with Mike Jackson uh, and and the Mike Novak show with Peggy Malecki, Gabby Road, and Playtime with Bill Turk and Carrie mm-hmm. Kendall. Kendall. And yeah. uh, um, you got you could just set the dial Absolutely. on Sundays and know, and that's what people like to do with their radios. It's just set the dial. I don't want to move it. I don't want to go search. Have it for on stuff. while they're doing other things. Have it on exactly. while they're enjoying coffee or lunch. But it's going to be information that, like like Fred said, it puts chips in their pockets. They can, you know, bring things up and um, sounds super intelligent later I, in the I week. Put ro- I put rocks in my pocket and then walk into Lake Michigan. That's a different story. Don't do that. All right. No, All right. no, no, yeah. no. All right. Uh, you got like 30 seconds. Who's on the show today? Today we have Bob Fioretti. Uh, former alderman of Chicago. Right. Um, we also have Mass VR, which is at Old Orchard. It's a virtual reality, new kind of laser tag thing going on. Yeah. Um, Goodman, we have a Christmas Carol. Goodman Theater. Yeah, Goodman Theater's coming on to talk about they Christmas They should hire Carol. the Frozen Robins. And <laughs> Elton Jim, who has been to 196 Elton John concerts. All right, fantastic. Abby Road with Fred Hanna and Justin. We'll be right back. Have you ever walked into a hair salon and been overwhelmed by the smell of chemicals? Well, that's never going to happen at Organic Roots Eco Salon. They use only the safest, most natural professional hair products available to make sure you get great color results that last and won't harm the environment or you. Their salon products and services are free from ammonia, formaldehyde, and other toxins typically found in hair color, perms, and keratin smoothing treatments. Organic Roots also offers a complete menu of safe straightening treatments, including the non-toxic Magic Sleek and Cezanne Keratin Smoothing products that let 
let you shampoo the same day. They even repurpose hair clippings, recycle product containers, and use LED lighting. Now that's green. Walk into 21st Century Hair Care for women and men at Organic Roots Eco Salon, 3417 Dempster in Skokie. Book your appointment at OrganicRootsEcoSalon.com or call 847-423-2653. Health and beauty. You no longer have to sacrifice one for the other. A good day's gardening can sometimes be a bad day for your muscles and joints. Dr. Bonnie Flaster is a chiropractor who uses gentle, non-force adjustments to relieve pain. With 29 years of experience, she relies on a variety of treatments, including low-level laser, acupuncture, and gentle chiropractic. Visit her at River North Wellness Center and find health tips at rivernorthwellness.com. Call Dr. Bonnie Flaster at 312-642-7545 and get back to feeling good. The Morton Arboretum says that anthracnose is primarily a foliar disease affecting many deciduous trees, including ash, elm, oak, and maple. I got a couple of elms out front that get uh, some anthracnose. In fact, they're getting them this time of we, year. We were looking at some as we were walking from the yeah, parking lot. Yeah, from the parking lot right now. We were looking at a tree. I went, oh, look, it's anthracnose. Isn't that lovely? <laughs> Plant diseases. They're in the eye of the beholder. The Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki on Smart Talk. Love to eat. I love you. Love to eat turkey like a good boy should. Cause it's turkey to eat. So good. (laughs) Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show. With Peggy Malecki, uh, we got to get guest, all guest starring Adam Sandler. Guest starring, you know what? Um, they're just goofy enough. Those songs are just goofy enough for me to throw. And I have to throw in one more thing before we get to Rick DeMaio. Then I've covered all of my Thanksgiving okay. bases here, and it is this one. As God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. All right, so there you go. I've got all the classic. We have to catch Stan Freeberg next time too. Um, what what's his the Thanksgiving He's in his United States of America? He has an entire bit on oh the well, first Thanksgiving. I'd have, love to get Stan Freeberg on the show. Isn't he dead? Oh, well, I'm sorry. Okay, well, <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, I have thank now, you, ladies and germs. Now I have to play the you know oh you know something like you're despicable. Okay, sorry about that. Let's go to the phone and Rick DeMaio, meteorologist extraordinaire. Rick, how are you doing this morning? Boy, this is a nice short winter, right? Uh, yeah. Is it done? Do we get to do? Do I get to <laughs> do I get to play golf next week? Wouldn't that be amazing? Like that's how long our winters were. Yeah. And then and then the rest of the year, you just kind of like look off to the east over the Sierra Nevada mountains and go, there's winter. This yep. is California. Yeah. Isn't that nice? that's what happens in parts of like the United States? Is where they see winter in the mountains, but yet they live at uh, though they live the nice weather kind of like year round, I know I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking way out of the box, aren't I, guys? No, not at all. Because Flagstaff is like that. If you yeah. live if you live in southern Arizona and you look up to the mountains in Flagstaff, I mean I've been there where mm-hmm. it snowed and then you drive and you're you're in the desert yeah. desert heat. It's really kind of odd. Yep. So uh, that yeah, what is that? What is that? Humphrey Peak, Mike? Oh gosh, it was so long ago. I really don't remember. Um, so. 
no, I, I know it. I was just I was just testing whether you know. No, I don't. So you you busted me again. Okay, so uh... <laughs> I've been there, but I don't know the name. Uh, so um, yeah. I don't know if you heard us earlier in the show. We were talking about the devastating fires in Australia that have rendered yeah. the koala bear functionally extinct is what scientists are predicting now because their habitat um, the, the koala bear or their habitat the koala the koala because the, because they have no habitat there's there's less than 80,000 left now and that oh, they think okay. is a generous so not, yeah. estimate right. it's not it's not the koala bear is extinct but their habitat is well, no, but that will render the koala bears functionally extinct. That means that they will not have an impact on their um, habitat. Yeah, the the population is not yeah. big enough, they think, oh, I, for I it to remain viable. Yeah, I, haven't, I, haven't, yeah, I haven't read the report, but usually we're pretty good about reestablishing some sort of um, habitat for them. Uh, obviously, um, you'd have to move them. I have not seen that yet, but... Um, this is definitely something that I think my students at Loyola will be interested in because in both classes, the 4 p.m. and the 7 p.m., um, the groups have chosen Sydney, Australia as one of the cities doing their talk on. Um, uh, and if this just came up recently, I'll make sure that they uh, cover it. I'll uh, send you some of the links. That. All right. Rick, i got to ask you. Yeah, we've got it up. Can you get near a window? I'm not sure where you are today, but it's kind of coming, cutting in and out. I don't know if you can help us with the cell signal. Yeah, sure, sure. I can, I can do that for you, no problem. Oh, there it is. Um, don't move. Yeah. Don't move. He took his tinfoil hat off. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I know exactly what to do here. No, I'll just go outside. That's fine. Um, <laughs> no, I think what, I, I, well, that's what happens when you live in, in a two-flat, and the first part of your flat is actually at grade level. Um, but, you know, it's, what's interesting is uh, Mike, and, Mike, you and I were texting yesterday about that, um, that uh, protest. climate change protest during the halftime of, I think it was, what, Yale and Harvard? Was that what the game like? Yep, it yes. was. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, while I think that's kind of cool that students do something like that, and obviously they were on the news everywhere, I still think it's more important to get the students to understand it from an educational standpoint. So. One of the things that we're doing at Loyola is their midterm project was studying climate change in a national park. Their second project, which they spend about five weeks on, is an international city. And it's amazing sitting down and working with the students and watching their eyes open up when they start to look at the different things that are affecting cities around the world. And they go, wow, I didn't know that. And this is what the city is doing about it. One of the cities is actually Abuja, which is Nigeria. And when you see Nigeria, which is an incredibly oil-rich country, how few of the, uh, of the monetary resources are going to the public, and then you look at the outlying areas around Abuja, which is basically all sub-Saharan Africa, and one of the biggest problems there is deforestation and soil degradation. And then another group is doing Buenos Aires, another group is doing Brazil. They're learning about, um, obviously, soil degradation in the Patagonia area. And then, obviously, you look at the Amazon. I think you mentioned this earlier about the wildfires. So the fact that this is happening in Australia um, allows these kids to kind of thread the needle about how a more variable and changing climate is affecting cities and countries directly. And that's so much more that I can teach them out of a textbook. Yeah, uh, and, and that's great uh, to see uh, the kids engaged in, I'm going to say the kids engaged uh, 
but younger people in, right. uh, engaged in this. Well, come on, I'm not a kid anymore. Um, but you know the uh, the protest. Uh, I'm glad it was there. I, I you know yeah. it. I don't know how much. What you know, if you want to ask, did it do any good? Yeah, it did good. It called attention to the fact that right. some people care about climate change. This is a dumb football game, and I know people love their football. It's a dumb football game, and for an hour. They got people to to pay attention to climate yeah. change. All right. Yeah, maybe maybe we can do that at Northwestern to probably fill up the, the sand a little bit more. But I <laughs> think I think they probably no seriously. You look at the game yesterday; the stands are half filled. But I think it's really important to to see how effective you can be by doing something as easy as interrupting a football game, and you know that it's going to be covered. And I loved every bit of it. Yeah, and you know earlier, uh, and we we won't. What we got two minutes? Did you give me two there, Andrew? Oh, yeah, n- 90, yeah. 90 seconds. I, I I'm just going to make a comment, and I'll let you do a forecast. Uh, I read from an article. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I read from an article in the New York Times that came out at the beginning of the month about how scientists got climate change so wrong, and basically that they were yeah. they were way too conservative about what was going to happen, and it's all happening right now. So, uh, we need. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I get it. You know, I think I think I've kind of um, echoed those sentiments as well. Where certain things we've figured things out, and certain things we haven't. Yeah. All right. So I hear the music in the background. Yes. Uh, nice today, nice tomorrow. Rain on Tuesday, and then warmer temperatures with maybe possible fifties and even sixty degrees by next Saturday, guys. Wow. Ooh, I, I can m- plant my garlic. I might play golf. <laughs> Who knows? All right, Rick. We'll talk to you. Happy Thanksgiving, dude. You too, Mike. And thanks. Take care. All right. Bye. Take. Uh, I want to thank everybody on the show, Jeannie, uh, Nolan, Justin, Hannah, and Fred. Stand by for Gabby Road. I'm going to play this real quick, Andrew. It goes, as God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. Until next time, go green or go home. It's over. How'd you like it? I don't know. I slept through the whole thing. Well, you didn't miss much. 